What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. If you guys are watching on video or even on audio, um, audio might not be ideal. It might not be as crisp as usual because we just moved into the new uh, office building for Seven Figure Flipping. We bought a church, if you guys haven't heard. Um, and I have this like beautiful beige wall background. Um, so if you're watching anywhere other than uh, like the audio podcast apps, that's the case. So I don't have video set up. I don't have audio set up, but I didn't care. I was going to have an awesome conversation, and I did have an awesome conversation with my friend Nick. Um, we talked about in-person events. We talked about Flip Hacking Live, the book, um, some mindset, some um, different things going on, and why it's so important to connect and network and be part of a community and a group. And um, so I wanted to get this out to you as quickly as possible because um, next week on Thursday, January 27th, we have a grand opening of our brand new seven-figure RIA here in Spring Hill, Tennessee. So if you're local or anywhere close by that you want to travel out to us from 6 o'clock to 9 o'clock at night, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. on January 27th, we're going to be meeting up here um, in the office locally. I'm going to do a grand opening. We're going to have a lot of cool stuff going on. We do some training, some networking, and all those things. Um, so come out and check it out. And if you're not local or you don't want to buy a plane ticket to travel out here for one day, um, go to 7fria.com and just say, I'm interested in the virtual. You can sign up. We're going to be streaming the training um, out to the uh, to the community, to the world. And so jump on that way and be a part of it. I'd love to invite you to, to be a part of this and come check it out. So, um, all right. Uh, so go to 7fria.com, jump in with us and uh, stay tuned for the rest of the podcast and learn about why it's so important to network and be there in person with everyone. Uh, see you in a second. My name is Bill Allen, and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called Seven Figure Flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity, and that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. All right, everybody, I am back with another amazing show for you guys. And today, what we're going to talk about is a little bit of like coming, going to events, networking, things like that, like what that's like, building relationships. Um, my guest today, Nick, has a podcast. I've been on this show a couple times. We've gotten to know each other um, from social media, I think is where we kind of met. Um, just online. And then I feel like we've known each other for a really long time because we're always on kind of Zoom calls, doing recordings, things like this. And on the last podcast that we were recording on his show, um, we talked a little bit about Flip Hacking Live, the book, some of those things. And I asked him, what, would you come on the show and talk about like events from a third party perspective? So not somebody in our mastermind group, not somebody like that, but somebody who probably travels to a lot of events, um, is you know, amazing with like building their mindset, reading books, doing these kind of things, and what that means to you. Because I think everybody out there, like Flip Hacking Live was just a few months ago, and our next one is until October of this year. So later on in the year, right? We're not even really starting to push it or promote it or talk about it much. But I think all of you need to realize is how important these things are to build connections, a community, those kind of things, and, and support around you, especially when you don't get that kind of support at home potentially or in your regular life. So hopefully what it does is it pushes you to attend an event or something where you normally wouldn't or maybe an extra event, uh, depending on where we go with this. So without further ado, I want to welcome to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast, Nick LaMagna. Nick, welcome, man. I'm excited to have you here. Dude, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you so much for coming on. It's an honor. All the stuff you're doing is amazing and uh, very impressed. I'm, I'm very, very excited to be here. And uh, again, I, I went to Flip Packing Live and it was, uh, I, I have a pretty high expectation for events because I've been running my own events and going to events for over a decade. And at a time when, you know, 
things were kind of locked down and everything went virtual. I was a little nervous to get back out there and I had actually bought tickets to a bunch and not gone last minute just because I freaked out or things didn't come. So I pushed through and yours was the one that I, I kind of kept finding reasons not to go. And I was like, you know what? I'm going. And I went and I'll tell you, even with that high expectation, I thought it was outstanding. And uh, I had I had almost forgotten how to go out there and attend an event and be a person again. And I think it was super important for me to go to yours because with the military background that most of your speakers and the guys that were, were there had on some level, I think it was structured so well and I needed that. And if I would have shown up at a place that it was a little bit all over the place, there wasn't really much of a plan, there wasn't much of a structure, I don't know if I would have been able to take away the things I did, but it became very easy for me to dissect all of the key points that I learned after the event and really kind of take it away and have, have just little key pieces that I could do when I left there and have the, the option of, you know, not going there and trying to learn everything and reinvent the wheel, but if I could find one thing to make me money, one thing to save me money, one thing to keep me from making a mistake, one thing to increase my time and be more efficient, make one good connection... I feel like that was there, and I, and I more than got that even just on the first day. So uh, I loved every piece of it. I made some really strong connections, and it felt amazing to go back out there and just be a person and meet some of the people, like you said, that I've talked on Zoom and social media so many times, but I almost forgot that it it's so different meeting people in person and having that connection and just giving a hug or having a drink and just getting to feel that person's energy it really made me feel like I was in the right place when I went and I did that because it was intimidating to go out there. You have some serious rock stars there. There's people that are just starting out and then there's people that are absolutely crushing this business, guys with huge social media followings and all kinds of stuff like that. And when you walk in a little bit, you're kind of like, there's a big room, there's a lot of people here and the people that were willing to just kind of grab you and be like, hey, what's going on? You need to see, what are you up to? What's going on with the business? How's life? How's everything? Let's meet up, let's have a drink, let's have a sandwich. It was just great. You know, it made everybody feel welcome. And I think it set the, it kind of lowered your defenses right off the bat and allowed you to be open to what was being taught and the relationships that were there. And I, I really had a good time. I can't say enough good things about the, the experience overall that's just that I had there on the enjoyment side, the personal side, and the professional side. You know, you, you said something and you, you flew through it really fast. And I want to back up and kind of dig into this a little bit if it's okay with you. They, yeah. you said, you said like, one thing that can make you some money, one connection. You had this like list, and I don't know if you just like were talking or you intentionally went there to get those certain items, and you do that at every event that you go to in the past. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, I think, uh, again, come, I, I ask this question a lot on my podcast too because I feel like I go to masterminds or I go to events, and I almost don't go in with an idea of what I want to come out with. And then they ask you the first day, like, what are you here for? And it's almost like I'm looking at my partner. I'm like, ah, you know, like, where do I start? What do I do? So I think what I didn't want to do was go into that event with no idea of what I wanted to take out of it. Because if you don't really know what your expectation is going in, you can leave there and not be fulfilled, even though you might have gotten a ton of value. There was really, you, you didn't put those, those dots together. So I wanted to make sure I didn't go in there and watch all these different speakers and then leave there with analysis paralysis because there was so many great things to take away and so many different directions to run. So I, I kind of consciously made that decision of from this point on, anytime I do go to an event, if I can get these five or six key pieces from there, it was worth my time as long as I take those things and then I implement them and write them down. So it is that stuff because you know, I see people that, that have said for years, if you go to an event and you get one thing that can help you double your money or make back your investment, it was worth it. And that, that's definitely true. But there's also a little bit of FOMO when you hear this guy's doing that or this person's doing this. So I think really narrowing down and saying, 
These are the key things that even stuff I've heard before to let me know I have the confidence I was doing this right. I'm on the right track. Keep doing this. This was something that people have tried that I was going to go put money and time into that does not work. So they talk me out of that. So that right away is like, okay, great. You're doing good here. Got the confidence. Keep doing that thing. So I think that's even just that of just knowing the things that you were already doing that you could be doing better or shouldn't be doing at all is huge. And then saying, like, okay, now what's, what's something that I can take from here to make me money in my business that I wasn't doing before? And what's something that could save me time that I could expedite or delegate or just run a little bit better? And I think when you leave there and you go, okay, I now feel more confident about what I'm doing. I have something I can add to make more money in my business that made it worth the trip. I have something I can take away to now save more money in my pocket or put more time in to go focus on family, friends, or more revenue generating activity. And did I make a connection there with somebody personally that's going to turn into a personal or business or friendship or something that I wouldn't have had if I did this via Zoom? And that's I'm sure that will adjust over the, the times that I go. But right now, that's kind of my litmus test of go there, make sure you get these things. And if you get those things, it was a successful trip out. I really like that. It's like a framework, an event framework that you have of all the things that you need to check as you go in. And, and I don't think you're probably not in there like the first day. I see people that are like, I have to make a connection. I have to make a connection. I have to make a connection. Really uncomfortable conversation. And they're like looking like strategically looking for the person that they're going to say, okay, I want to use you as a vehicle to make me more money or figure out how I can attach to your train that's already going a million miles a minute. Um, it's really just about probably opening yourself up to that and not necessarily like this, this has to happen in the first 60, 60 minutes that I'm here. It's more like, let me open myself up. Let me look for that. And, and every person that I talk to say, huh, I wonder what we could do or open yourself up and say, um, there's a possibility here or, um, or almost like, almost like when you know that that's something that you're looking for, you attract it, right? It's the reticular activating system that happens sometimes. And you want to buy a white Tesla. All you see is white Teslas out mm -hmm. there driving around. Right. And so probably the easiest way to to describe that. But when I go to an event, I'm all, I'm very similar. Like I have an outcome that I, that I'm looking for. Like the reason why I bought this ticket was for this. Right. And I, and I leave my friends and my family and my, and, and everything at home. I buy a plane ticket. I buy a hotel room. I take really the time is our most, uh, uh, most valuable resource that we're giving up for this. And so well, why am I there? Like, what's the purpose of being there? If I have no purpose to be there, and, and there's not some something that I'm looking to get out of it, then I'm probably in trouble from the beginning, like you said. So I love all of those things. And I love that you have like almost like a framework and a checklist that, and you're not trying to find 50 different things and, and because you know, you're not going to necessarily implement all that stuff. That, that's a big thing. You know, I, I, I wonder if I almost took it away from, I was having a conversation with somebody about books and they were just saying like, you know, the guys that are, are out there saying they read a book a day, so they're doing 300 books a year. He's like, to me, that's ridiculous because you're just burning through the books. He's like, I'd rather read five books a year and take all the stuff I do there. And I started doing that with your book recently, which was excellent, by the way. I started really just taking notes on it. And initially it was notes just to see like, hey, what can we talk about? And then I started going, this is this needs to be for me. I need to implement this. And really just it started out with a lot. And then I kind of chopped it down and chopped it down to, okay, here's one or two things. And now from each chapter or from each speaker at Flip Hacking Live, I have my one or two things that I can focus on. So like 10, 15, 20 things take a month or two months or three months. Like you said, you have like a year between these two things and don't just start jumping into now the next trip I want to go on or the next use what I have here. 
see what worked and didn't work. And then once I've kind of gone through that and implemented those things, okay, now, like, when is it time to do something new? When, when is it time to re-implement stuff? But I think taking the time and really dissecting it to something that's a realistic, bite-sized action plan. Because, again, I mean, high-level guys on some of these masterminds that I'm in that I talk to, and you leave there and you are just overwhelmed. There's so many great ideas and you don't know where to start. And, you know, not to to go in a bunch of different directions, but – I, I think it was awesome that everybody that was speaking there was on the same page. So if there was a guy that was talking about driving for dollars or a, or a guy that was talking about sales, they kept piggybacking all the other presenters. They knew what they were teaching. They were quoting a lot of the stuff that they had. So they were in the room listening just like everybody else. And I think that really helps because sometimes you get a bunch of different people teaching different stuff and there's a little bit of a, you don't really want to do that. You want to do this or they don't, they're not paying attention. So they start to contradict themselves. And I think that hurts the, the students, especially the new students, because they're, they get excited and they get very, you know, people are up there saying all these different ways they make money and you have to understand it all works, but what's going to work for you? What are you going to focus on? And I think they continually did a good job of saying, here's what my business is because this works for me and here's what you should take away from this for you and here's how this applies or correlates to all the other things you've been learning to really just keep stacking on the confidence instead of pulling you in different directions. And I don't know if I realized that when I was there, but when I went back again and tried to dissect like what, do I, what did I learn and what am I going to take away and really kind of listen for those things, I didn't feel like I left there with I need to do 30,000 things. Where do I start? What do I do? I feel like I went awesome. I have 10 things that I can take and I can implement to all these different 10 places of my business. And if I do this, that was amazing. And that's going to help me make money, save time. And that's what I was there for. You know, uh, the best way to make sure that all the speakers are on the same page is do seven months of planning before the event. <laughs> so I appreciate you seeing that, knowing that like that has been the challenge year after year after year as we built this event. I mean, this was, I think this is our sixth, that was our sixth Footpacking Live. Um, I think I have that right. And it was, it's always been a challenge in the past to try to figure out how to, um, how to set up the event, how to put the right people in the right place. And then I love what you said, because they, they are, they're in the audience, like the speakers are in the audience taking notes. They're not like flying in, not listening to the first two days and then presenting something they presented a million other times. They're just like us, like building their business and, and almost like building the plane as they're flying it. Right. Is kind of what we do from time to time. So, um, I think I think this is probably the event that we did that was put together the best. So I appreciate you noticing that. You mentioned something I want to touch on. It was the books. So this is this has been something for me in the past few years. I used to try to read fifty books a year, a book a week. That was my goal, and um, I've talked about it a lot recently. It just it was a big mistake. I think you know I, I almost did it to create a list to do something on social media to talk about how how many books I was reading, and then I wouldn't actually implement any of that stuff. So you mentioned like five books and and do something with it. Um, for me, what I've been doing now is I'm reading like one book over and over and over again. So like the the book that I need that I know I know the things that I need to work on the most right now. And when I need when I, I figure out what it is that I need to work on, I figure out who's who's already been through that, right? And then a book is worth like 10 years of their experience at least. And so if I can take it, I just read it over and over and over again until like I can continuously implement and almost like squeeze all the juice out of that thing until there's some other problem or other huge big, big domino that I need to knock over that will help everything in my business. So like right now, that's just like one book that I've read like five or six times that I'm just like, I I'm reading it, I'm implementing it. I'll find different things in there. And so I think that's, 
something that I, I, I'll be perfectly honest. Like I was in the past, I really did promote reading more and more and more. And people talk about CEOs read so many books. And now I'm really on the train of like, like you said, just a couple books a year and just, just do something with it. And, and, and instead of like, and I'm even cautioning people now when I mention a book and recommend a book, we just had a mastermind meeting and I recommended like four books. And I was like, look, I'm telling you where I found this thing. So you know that, and you know that it's not mine. This is not my piece of information. I'm passing it on to you from somebody else that I read in this book. And I, and I'm kind of taking this knowledge and sending it out to you. That doesn't mean go to Amazon right now, buy it and put it on your bookshelf. Cause I know you guys all are going to do that. Oh, Bill mentioned this book. I'm going to go buy it. Like really just, just that one piece of information, if that's the solution to the thing that you need, then go buy that book and just read it over and over again. So that's been big for me. And, and I don't know how you feel about that. Are you, are you doing anything no. like that now? Is that what's, that's the plan? I'm, I'm trying to do more of that because, you know, like you said, you, especially I, I, I think, cause I never really been a person that gets analysis paralysis. I've always been almost a, somebody that needs to take a step back cause I'm swinging at everything and just kind of going for it. And I think when the market turns when COVID kind of started to come around, I started getting PTSD from the last market crash of like, okay, something's happening. I don't want to get burned again like I did last time. So kind of pause. And now you have something you didn't have in 2008 where there's Facebook groups and there's masterminds and you can text and FaceTime and social media. Like that stuff wasn't as easy for me. Maybe it was there and I just wasn't seeing it. And there wasn't stuff like like me and you that I could reach out and say like, man, what are you feeling this in your business? Like, what do you think is going to happen? And I think the last time I expected everybody to have solid answers. And then you realize that everybody's going through this and it's it's kind of just a guessing game. So I started really heavily jumping on webinars and kind of upping the classes and this because everybody was having a webinar on what's going on. And I was just so scared that I was going to make the wrong move in this shift during what was happening with COVID. And I think I got way into this whole just learning, 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 and less of action, 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 action. And then you start to get into that habit, and then you, you're on one more event, one more book, one more webinar, then I'm going to do something. And I found myself falling into the trap that I warned everybody else about of like, you know, it's, it's not rocket science. Take this piece. You know what to do and take action. And as cliche as that sounds, I needed to remind myself of a lot of just these basic things of going and taking action. So I have tried to intentionally – just read 10 pages a day and then make a note of like, what can I do to utilize that today? And just make, not, not highlight a whole book, but just little things there. And like you said, really have things that I wouldn't normally do as a non-organized person, like go through and take notes. And I made a whole list of all your speakers and then went through, these are the things from my business. These are the things for me, like mentally, these are the things I should send to my partner and really just have structure that I can easily look at every day that it's not hidden in some file under some other file under some other folder, but I can just pop up my phone, look at the notes and be like, okay, cool. What am I going to take today? Nice, easy, simple thing. Implement that. Keep doing it. Here's 10 pages. I read it from this one book. If I didn't understand it or tomorrow, I, I completely forgot what I read. I'll just read those 10 pages a day. I, again, the same 10 pages over and over again. So I am trying to simplify things, which, you know, back to, to flip hacking live, I think it was Vaughn Bethel who was just like, man, whatever you're looking at, keep this same theme of like, is it simple? Is it scalable? And I th think it was, is, is it profitable or, you know, something along those lines, but that was kind of, kind of it. Like, okay, just make this as simple and easy as possible. Don't complicate things because the more you complicate things, the less action you're going to take and the, the easier you make things and just, just do something with it. Just fight the urge to procrastinate or to put it off or to learn something new. So I am trying to consciously this year, learn less and do more. Mm, I like that. That's, that is awesome. Like that as a motto, like learn less, do more. 
um, you know, there's, there's different phases that we go and go through. Right. And so like what, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to learn the things that are, are going to allow me to elevate to the next level. So like uh, there's like, if I already knew how to do that, I would be there. Right. So I'm trying to surround myself with the people who are already there and then learn from them some of the things and, and get to the core root of the problem. Like what's really holding me back. It's typically not tactic strategies and, and things like that as much as I would love to say that. I mean, we, we sell inf some information products, videos, courses, things like that. Like if you've bought 50 different courses, like it's probably not the information in the courses that are holding you back. There's something else. Right. And, but, or maybe you haven't found the right person to explain it to you the way that you need to know and see, and you haven't found the right person to guide you along that path either. So a lot of times, like what I do want you to know, if you're listening to this and you've bought 50 courses, it's not your fault. What you found is, is probably like you haven't found the right person to, to, to give it to you in a way that it motivates you to go take the action and change your beliefs. Like you have to really change your beliefs to be able to take that next step. You know, you said something there that I think was important to, to highlight. You said you have never really been the analysis paralysis person, even though then you went on to say sometimes recently where you have gone through some of that. You said, I've been the more swinging for everything kind of person. Like I'm just going out there doing lots of stuff. So I think both are, have caution to look at, right? So a lot of people just say, oh, analysis paralysis, like this is the problem, taking action, taking action, taking action. The other side of that coin is there is something to be said for just going out there and trying to do everything too, like without some, some more like laser focus and like kind of like what we're talking about. Like I was the kind of person who just, I took lots of action. I read 50 books and I didn't do anything with some of them, right? Even though there's some very profound things and it's almost like, oh yeah, I've read that book. Okay, well, great. You've read that book. Well, what have you done with it? Nothing. I didn't do anything with it. Then why'd you even waste a week reading that book? Why did you waste four hours of your life? You know, what is it doing for you? The same thing, this kind of like, so swinging for everything and analysis paralysis. So if we can find somewhere in the middle of that, where we do slow down a little bit to actually learn the information that we need, and then we take the next step to take some action on it. And so there was three, three words that uh, somebody told to me. I was at, I was at a, a, a seminar, a conference or something, and they said, hypothesize, test, and pivot. And I will never forget these three words. I wrote them like all over my boards in, in our old office. I wrote them all over my house, in my iPad, like everywhere, hypothesize, test, and pivot. And it was so interesting because it's just, this is this, that like really motivated me and inspired me to take some risk, take action, um, and just kind of almost go back to the time where I was flying helicopters. You make have to make decisions really fast. You have a little bit of information that comes in, you make a decision, and then you get a little bit more information, you make a different decision, you just keep adjusting and tweaking. And the line doesn't look like from point A to point B in a straight line, right? But it, it's kind of like, like a little bit like this, like I wish I could draw it, but you're, you're just making little tweaks to get from, but you're moving forward in the right direction, right? So a lot of people, they just never get started. So they just get stuck on point A, right? They never go. They want to know A through Z before they'll go from A to B. And then you've got people who are just like all over the place and making these <laughs> crazy, like crazy. And so that's kind of the two people, right? Analysis paralysis, like stuck on A, you're never going to go. And then the swinging for everything, people kind of just like, they go all over the place and so much energy is taken just to move a little bit of direction because they're so far all over the place. So I think like finding that and, and not feeling guilty if you're in either one of those boats, but just trying to figure out how to start moving in the other direction. If you find yourself in that analysis paralysis, don't say I have this. 
it's a disease. I need the solution. Just figure out kind of like how you can start moving back into this, um, this area of, of action and what's holding you back. Dig into the root problem. Same thing swinging for everything. You're doing so much. You're all over the place. You don't have any focus. And you're making some money here. You're losing some money over here. And next thing you know, you're in the same spot anyway. So how do you get back to a little bit more kind of like slowing down to speed up kind of stuff? So I thought that was really, really great that you brought that up because I think both can be very healthy if, if managed properly, but both could be very unhealthy. So just because you take massive action doesn't mean that that's the right way to go either. And I, I don't know that there's a lot of people talking about that necessarily. I, I agree a thousand percent. And I, I think part of the going to fix that problem is realizing who you are in that relationship with your business partner, your spouse, or are you the gas or are you the brake? Because like you said, you need both. Without the gas, nothing's happening. But without the brake, you're crashing into everything. And I think as soon as I started to identify that this is a little bit about what I do, then I got a partner who knew that about me and went, okay, well, my role in this business relationship is I have to be more of the brake. So you can throw off these ideas every day that you want to do, and I'm going to listen to them, and then I'm going to be the person who kind of talks you out of your bad ideas all day. But now I know when she goes, that's a good idea. I go, really? Like I'm shocked. And I'm like, okay, I'm onto something. So I think identifying that and then finding somebody that is a little bit more risk averse or less risk averse than you and kind of having those, those talks of like, okay, you're, you're the negative Nelly in this. Here's what I think is a great opportunity. You tell me all the reasons why it's not. And sometimes it sucks because I'm like, I'm excited about this. I know she's going to make it Swiss cheese by the time she's done, but I realized that that's for both of our benefits. So like you said, you, you both kind of need that. And, and I realized the danger of the other one because I had a friend that was, I thought was killing it in business. And then I realized that he was doing all this stuff, but he really just had surface level information and he didn't really understand the risk that he was taking. And I'd be, he'd be like, Hey man, how do I get to California? I'd be like, okay, you go out the door, you make a right. He'd be like, got it. And then just, I'm like, dude, there's so many more directions there. But, you know, he takes that piece and he runs. And I think that's trouble in, in real estate because people forget that a mistake on a, a flip or on a multifamily property could be your life savings. Or if you borrowed somebody else's money, it's, it's not 20, 30, 40, $50. It's something that might be irreparable damage. So you have to make sure that you're being super careful with somebody else's investment or your investment, whatever it is, because it's a beautiful business because it could change your life for the better. But if you're not careful and calculated and surround yourself with people who can tell you the stuff that you don't see and have, have been through those experiences and taken those lumps like the people I met at Flip Hacking Live, you don't know what to even look for. And that could be, you know, now you're, you're twice as deep in the hole of what you were trying to dig out of, which was the whole point of you getting into real estate in the first place. And I've done a lot wrong and I've done a lot right. And I've realized that learning from other people's mistakes for me is way more valuable than learning about what they did right. Because again, with the books, with the webinars, with social media, you can see all the highlights. But I think having those things, like even, even listening to David Perret say that sometimes he has motivational problems and sometimes he does have negative thoughts he made a joke about like yeah the people around me are always telling me like and i'm like but he's the the positive guy and so you know he's the he's the funny guy so realizing that everybody who's running their businesses are people and they have the same struggles and being an entrepreneur is the same for anybody that's what i love about doing the podcast and just talking to guys like you and saying okay people do have bad days people do have negative thoughts people do have trouble in their business but what do you do how do you get past it and i think that's really the big thing is like you said learning how to pivot and not quit and learning kind of what you what you are what your relationship is in that business and what are the positives and what are the negatives of it and finding somebody that can counteract that a little bit because to your point 
I think what helped me start to move back out of that was exactly like you said, hearing somebody say, you know what? I did hire this cold caller and they were doing this type of list and that didn't work. So I stopped pulling that list and I pulled this other list or I held them to a different KPI or I now have somebody that's, uh, you know, living in Costa Rica, but not eliminating everything, taking these short things and readjusting. And I, I agree a thousand percent that I don't think there was enough talk about that in business across the board. Cause I think when people realize like, uh, you know, again, Adam Whitney kept saying after every section, these are the KPIs. This is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing it. And I only know that this works because I messed it up for 18 months and tracked it every single day. And now I know for a fact that this checks out. So here's what you should be looking at. Here's what you should be doing because I made the mistakes and I did these things already by constantly adjusting a little bit and adjusting a little bit. And I think when you realize that you, you go down a course and you don't just run the other way, you take a different street, it helps you realize that it is a little bit of a a mitigated risk and it's small steps that you might have to realign or readjust, but you can start moving forward because you are going in the right direction. You just might have to take a couple of different paths there. And for me, mentally, whatever it was, it just helped me be like, okay, like I am doing a lot of things right. And if I find that after a month of tracking that this wasn't a list that checked out or this wasn't a closure that was any good or this wasn't a market that has any deals that I could be doing anything in, that's okay. You know, now I learned and I know a little bit better, better what to look for and I readjust and I get a new person or I look for a different market or I change my strategy there. And, you know, I think just tracking and adjusting slightly and being okay with knowing that not everything is going to work, but you just stay the course and you adjust and you don't quit is really the key to, to being successful. You know, you, you mentioned some of the people that are, you talk about social media, webinars, books, things like that, and kind of the highlight reel maybe um, of what people see. And then coming there and seeing that these people that you respect or see online are actually sharing some vulnerable things, some things that aren't going well, uh, stuff like that. I think that's really, really important for not just the people that might be have some influence um, uh, publicly, but also for us as individually as business owners. Um, to really kind of open up and and share the the struggles just as much, if not more, than we're sharing the wins. Because I, I think when we get realistic with um, everything that's going on inside of us, and I've seen a big shift for myself in in our community, seven figure flipping, everything that we've done, flip hacking live, even it, instead of just going up there and talking about how awesome everybody is, like really just sharing some of the the struggles and the things that are holding us back. And um, you know, leaving an event last week here in Franklin, Tennessee, just outside Nashville, we had. 150 people basically come for our altitude program and then 150 people come from the runway group. And I was able to eat lunch with some people and just talk to them and say, you know, some of them were like, Hey, I'm here because you shared this story or you shared this thing, or you shared this, or because I heard this or on the podcast, I saw this or I flip back and live this or the, and I'll, I'll tell you, nobody said I'm here because of how much money you're making in real estate business. Every single person said, I'm here because you shared a story about your spouse that, you know, some struggle that you had in your family. I'm here because you shared some, uh, uh, how you lost $70,000 on a house and you were real about that and raw about that. It's, it's massively eye-opening for me to say, wow, you know what? When we're like real and raw and authentic, we attract people that are, and, and I'll tell you what, I've, I've probably never been to an event before that we've run that every single person in the room was exactly who should have been in the room. Like it was just amazing to see the caliber of people, the, le the, the type of people that we've attracted. And to see that is very eye opening for me. So what, I, what I'll say to everybody out there, like 
you think that your lenders want you to only talk about how much money you're making and how awesome you are. You might think that your buyers only want to talk about all the um, wins that you have and how amazing it all is for you. But you'll what you'll find is that you will see more success if you're open, honest, and vulnerable, as difficult as that can be. Um, how do you feel about that? I agree a thousand percent, man. I, I you know just like you said, I could have gone around that whole room and, and had something to talk to everybody about, but I, I thought it was really eye-opening that one of the first things when I went to go meet Adam and David and some of the other guys that were that were there afterwards, it immediately was, hey man, how are you? And it was intros and there wasn't anything that somebody said about, hey, this is Nick. This is how many deals he does. This is the markets he's It was, here's what I know about him. He's a jiu-jitsu guy. He's the, I, you guys would get along. You know this. And it was... I don't think any of us, when I left there, there was things I remembered about every person, but I couldn't tell you really what they do real estate-wise because it was it was kind of irrelevant at that point. And I think that, like you said, that comes later. There's being able to connect with people, like, you know, th to back the whole thing up, you know, I do, I, I'm a huge martial arts guy. I love jujitsu. You know, I've done Golden Gloves, MMA, all kinds of stuff. But some of the relationships that I've made in business and personally over the last 15 years of jujitsu have been life-changing for me. And you start to identify quicker kind of who your people are and who your people are not and understanding that that's okay. They're good people. They're, it's just – it's not my kind of thing. And Matt Serra, who's the guy that I, I got my black belt under, you know, beat George St. Pierre, like a legend in the sport. And he tells me all the time because people come and go. They start their own gyms. You know, people do slimy stuff. And he always says to me like, hey, water finds its own level. So he never gets upset. He always just says – People go where they belong. So if they're not with me, they're somewhere else. That's where they belong. That's okay. And I try and remember that because, again, there's so many different places you can go and so many different places you can learn from. But unless you're somewhere that you feel safe and you feel like you can be open and honest and you're around people that you can trust. And, you know, to me, I know it is business, but it is important for me to have fun and be able to laugh and be able to be myself a little bit. And I feel like I did find that with, you know, guys like you and Adam and Bill and, when it just feels right and it feels natural and you're able to connect with people on a different level, the business part just seems to be a lot smoother and a lot easier because when I first started in this business, I was very concerned with making money. As you know, again, it's an important part of it. Obviously, you need to make money. But I remember there was people that they would refer me to and say, you know what, call this guy. He's a great property manager. He'll find you tenants, but not really a great person. So – I, the, anytime I've sacrificed that this person might not really be my type of guy or girl, but they're great in business and they can help me in business, it has crashed and burned, ended in lawsuits, and it, like it's gotten ugly every single time. And the times when it's just kind of easy and you go into relationships with people that you can communicate well with and get along with, I think it makes all the difference in the world because over-communication and under-communication, I think, are absolute killers of every relationship. Marriages, business relationships, and the more you can relate to somebody as a person and they can kind of talk your language and they understand your humor and you really just have a way to connect, it's going to make that connection and that communication easier. And I think when there's an easy, open line of communication, it becomes easier to do good business because you can talk about the stuff that's the hard conversations. You can talk about the things that are fun. You can put your personality into certain things and you don't feel like you have to shy away from something or not say this or be somebody that you're not authentically you for. So, you know, I think you can maybe get away with it for onesie twosies, but I think if you really want to build long lasting business relationships, you have to have that personal mutual respect, friendship and connection prior, or it's going to kind of be a one and done. You're just on a date. You're never going to get married.
Yeah, I really love that. Are you are you a sports guy? You like sports? Um, I'm not. I, baseball, boxing, MMA. I, I don't really get to watch much football, but I like to go have wings. <laughs> okay. So I um, do you know who Eddie George is? I don't. Not a football guy. Okay. So um, Eddie George became the um, head coach here at um, uh, Tennessee State. And uh, recently, uh, last year, and he he was a, a running back for the Titans. I watched him play when uh, Ray Lewis and him just battled it out. Like he was just amazing to watch when I was growing up. And a huge, I'm a huge Ravens fan. And so he had this golf classic that was set up by a guy who does some events with me here in Nashville. And so he invited me. He said, "Hey, do you want to be a sponsor?" I said, "Yeah, I'd like to check it out." He sent me this list of celebrities that were there, and it was shocking. Like the football, basketball players, like. Um, just people that I, I grew up watching, uh, Alonzo Mourning was there. It was like, this is just so cool to, like, I remember growing up watching him play basketball is insane. And I actually got, I won his, uh, his basketball autograph basketball and a picture with him. It was really cool to kind of, um, spend time with these folks, but we went there and like the celebrities and, and athletes outnumbered the people there basically like, and, and the huge names, huge names. Marcus Allen was there. Marcus Allen is like, one of my favorite football players of all times. I remember watching him as I was growing up and he was just an amazing player, but also seemed like an amazing person on the field. So um, I actually got to talk to him for about 15, maybe 20 minutes. Like I, there, it was, it was such a cool environment that you couldn't even tell. I mean, obviously I was half the height of everybody else in the room. <laughs> so I wasn't an, an athlete and one of the celebrities. Right. But um, nobody really cared. Like I talked started talking to him, and I told him a story about how I used to carry the helmets uh, and pads for the Raiders when I was a kid in the '80s in Thousand Oaks, and he was and, and he was there. And I said, so he's like, I remember that. Like it's such a cool time. And he, I was I was telling him, I mean, I was like six years old riding bikes, and Howie Long and him were uh, their you know players at that at that point, and were kind of like with the team carrying their pads from the locker room to the practice field, and so. What I said at the end of the conversation, I said to him, I said, it's really amazing that you're here. Um, I appreciate you guys being here to do this with us. And this has been a life-changing conversation and experience for me. And he said, uh, he said, we're, I, and, I, and I said, I, I, exa actually, exactly what I said was, I'm sure that you support lots of other charities. So it's really amazing that you're here for this charity. And he goes, and I said, it's a life-changing experience for me. He just looked at me and he said, he said, look, I, we're not here for this charity. We're here for Eddie. And he said, um, Eddie, the reason why all these people are here, all these people that are so busy that have their own charities to support and all that other stuff, they're here for Eddie. Eddie's one of the best guys that I've ever met. He is real. He's genuine. And he would do anything for any of us. So we're here for him. He's like, it wouldn't matter where the money's going. I'm here for Eddie. And he said, he said there's a lot of people out there that you would be shocked, that look great on camera. They're amazing athletes. They are philanthropists in their own right, but they're not good people. He said, and he talked to me about, about moms and dads and the impact that they put in and the, the effort that they put into their children to raise great kids. And he talked, I mean, we, it was like, we talked for 15 minutes, another 10 minutes after I said, I was basically like, thank you for spending time with me, goodbye. And he took 10 minutes to talk about how he saw the right people. Because I, I said to him, I said, look, I said, I ne I'd never met you before. 
but you'd always been one of my heroes as a kid, uh, as an athlete. And just watching the way that you played and the way that you performed, it wasn't flashy and it wasn't all that stuff. And he's like, he's like, it's because how I was raised. And I see just about everybody in here, it's the way that they were raised. And whether it was their mom or their dad or their grandmother or their aunts or uncles that raised them, they raised them right. And so he said, do you have kids? And we went down that road. So I just share that because we're talking about vulnerability. We're talking about being open and honest and real and raw. And, and then you start you started talking about how um, – uh, the, 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 the guy that you studied under for your black belt, right. And, and being that person. And there's so many people out there that are doing it for some other reason or something else. And I think surrounding yourself with the right people that, that you're attracted to that, um, that have similar values and characteristics. It's just really cool to be in that room and everybody was there for one person. And it was Eddie George and the person that he was, it wasn't his fame. It wasn't his successes. It wasn't his money. It wasn't the charity that it was supporting. It wasn't the school. It wasn't anything else. These people dropped everything. These high level celebrities and athletes that are on TV and, and newscasters now. And, and I mean, there were four Heisman trophy winners there. It was insane. And so, so to see that and they drop everything and that that was only set up three weeks before like he launched this thing three weeks before that time so they had to move around their whole schedule and so just to see that like that's that's what it is to be authentic and real and and a great person is you attract so many other people and they want to do things for you and i think that's great in business you also mentioned something you said um i didn't even know what they did in real estate we just kind of got together as people and what I want to highlight to everybody who's listening to this, we're almost done this recording. Like we have to wrap up, but I haven't, we haven't even gotten to what you do in real estate. Like, isn't that like just you, you went right into, we got on this podcast and you went right into, this is why Flip Hacking Live was awesome. And you went straight to, you didn't talk about yourself. You didn't position yourself. You didn't tell everybody how awesome you are. And I think that's just a testament to who you are. And, and we just, started a conversation, let people into the conversation and you didn't even share like who you are or what you do. So, I mean, it's probably completely unintentional by you. It, you don't even notice and you probably would nothing. We would have even brought it up had we not gone down this road. And I said something about it towards the end, but I mean, this is just a testament to who you are and the people, the kind of people that come on the podcast, come to our events and, and share kind of the stages with us and stuff like that. So um, I promise you, I think maybe we should end it like a lopsided way. Maybe you should tell everybody like who you are and what you do. So <laughs> well, I appreciate that. And I, I agree. I second everything you said. And, you know, I, I think the, maybe the reason I don't do that is because I'm not really impressed with myself. You know, I, I've always with all the people that I see around, like, you know, the Bill Allens and the Davids and the Adams and, you know, the Jocko Willings and all these different people. It's always like, well, you know, why would somebody want to come talk to me about real estate? Like, I, I've done okay, but not what some of these other people did that you could just go directly to. So I think that kind of comes back to what you were saying as far as, you know, I kind of just put myself out there. You know, I do the podcast. I talk to people. I go to events. And when you click with people, we can start to, you know, if, if we're just a fit, like we start talking about something, then it's like we just get along. That business stuff will come up and then we'll start to to figure out how we can work in there together. But I think that that really comes down to, again, kind of just solidifying what you were saying as far as, the, the water finds its own level. You have to find people that you can click with and trust because there's so many people to go to learn the tactical side. Like I can say, hey, I do flips, I do multifamily, I do land development, but I'm, I'm one of how many people that do that. So what's going to separate me from them that you would want to come talk to me about it? It would hopefully be because there's something that we have in common past just that. You know what I mean? And it's, mm -hmm. it's like the old um, – 
you know, I talk about like dating and relationships a lot, but it, it is the whole thing where like on paper, you can have five of the same mentor or the same lender or the same contractor and they skill wise dollar for dollar could do and be the exact same person, but there's going to be one of them that you just absolutely cannot stand. And then there's going to be one of them that it's like you're finishing each other's sentences. That's going to be the best fit for you. You're going to have a better experience with that person, even though everything else is going to be equal. And for that person, that's not a great fit for you that you just don't get it. You can't stand that person. You don't want to be around them. Somebody else married that person and wants to spend every day, every second with them. So they were a great fit for them. So, you know, I just feel like there's going to be people out there that will relate to me for some other level. But in, in a, a kind of long answer there, I, I do a little bit of everything, which I think is I've been hearing is a problem that I do need to focus a little bit better, but um, it's just because I wound up having opportunities. You know, for the last 10 years or so, I've just kind of traveled around the country going to different meetups and different masterminds and you know, teaching and mentoring and then being a, a student and then training jujitsu and having meetings with different business people. And from that, I've always just been open opportunities. So people always just say, you know, like, what are you doing? What are you into? What are you looking for? And I don't know, man, if you have a great opportunity, send it to me. And from that, I've, I've kind of just become this weird hub of people that go, hey, you know what? I have this hotel that my brother's and sister's dog's vet came and came across, and it's off market. Do you have anybody who wants to buy a hotel? And I'm like, maybe. And then I just kind of shoot it out there, and I go, hey, I have all these people that are looking for stuff. And somebody goes, yeah, I actually am looking to buy a hotel today. I go, okay, this is great. Let's put this together. And so it's, it's hard for me to say no to any opportunities, which is why I'm kind of doing a little bit of everything. But I think a lot like my, my core kind of business model right now is working one or two markets, which is the Illinois market and the Florida market for just I have my cold callers, I have my RVMs, I have my SMS stuff going on. I have some Facebook ads looking to maybe do some uh, some direct mail after going to your event and leading, learning a little bit more about that. But just doing the basic kind of wholesale hotel thing that everybody else is, is, you know, tons of people are doing. But at the same time, I had recently sold off a hundred multi-units and then I had a um, nine acre land development that we were doing in Illinois. And it was my first land development deal. And we started putting it together right in the middle of COVID and the city just shut down. So for like I don't know, nine, 10, 11 months, you just couldn't get approvals to get anything annexed in or get the final plat or anything that would have made it something that I could have had a sellable or a buildable project. So my business partner was like, hey, don't buy anything else that's going to shift your focus or take your focus off of getting this one done. But people kept sending me projects. So I wound up just saying, hey, look, I, I can't take this out right now, but let me see if somebody in my network wants it. And from that, I've kind of accidentally gotten really heavy into wholesaling small to midsize multifamily and mobile home parks. And even I'm trying to do a hotel right now. And that that's become kind of my niche for me while I'm focusing on, we did get that kind of developed and everything now. So I'm selling off nine acres that we got entitled and approved for 31 townhomes in the Chicago suburbs. And I've just been doing a lot of wholesaling of, um, you know, under a million dollar kind of things that. People that are in single family that are looking to scale up to multifamily or some sort of commercial thing are getting into it. And, and I've been helping a lot with like the due diligence. So I know it's like a scary thing. And I've had people that sold me properties when I was new and didn't know any better that turned out to be duds. So I try and just, like you said, I have relationships with people that reach out and they kind of say, hey, I see what you're doing. And then we have a conversation. And if it sounds like it, it's a fit. I call them and I go, hey, here's a property that I have and I'll make like a 15, 20 minute video of here's all the reasons why I think this might be a good deal. Here's what I see being a good potential. Here's the risks. Here's the things you need to think about. 
here's the ways I can help you. You need contractors, you need property managements, you need whatever. Here it is. Let me know if this is a fit for you or not. And that, that's been pretty cool just for, even like you said, if it turns out to be somebody that I, I have a 30 minute call with, or we go back and forth on a property for a week or two, and it winds up being not the right property for them, or they're not right for the property. It still winds up being like, okay, this was a great conversation. Like you're somebody I want to work with. And you know, let's kind of take this down to the next, the next thing. And we'll find you something else. And I'll be in your, your vicinity, or are you going to Bill's event next month? Let's meet up there. So it's been kind of cool, like a twofold thing. So I don't know if that really answers your question on what I do, but yeah, single family hotel. Um, I just did a sub two. So I, you know, again, everybody says you should focus on one strategy and I keep saying I'm going to do that, but then stuff keeps popping up that makes sense. So I probably should do a little bit of less of everything, but right now that's kind of what I'm doing. We can do a uh, one-on-one coaching call another time for you. But, um, <laughs> it, look, if you're happy and it, and it's working for you, um, then then it's it, that's it. Like uh, success is all defined by, um, you know, I did that success presentation and it really focused on trying to figure that out. And for me, it was just like, you know, you're achieving at a high level and it doesn't fulfill you in, in the journey and path that you're on. And that, that's ultimately it. Like it's going to be different for everybody. So I remember when we just started this mastermind group when I was a member. Um, like it was all driven to get to getting to seven figures in one year. Like that was the path for everybody. And what I realized when I bought the company and started diving a little bit deeper is some people might just want a lifestyle business, make three or $400,000 a year and not have a bunch of employees. And we can help them do that too. So like freedom is different. The freedom dream is different for everybody. So, um, whatever that looks like, I'm sure every time I talk to you, you're smiling, you're having a great time. Like if, if that's real and raw and authentic and that's Nick, then keep doing what you're doing, man. It's awesome. Every time I see you, you're always happy and and pumped up. And, um, and I think that's the case for everybody out there. Like if just find your way, find your path, what's next for you, where do you want to be, who can help you get there and just dive into that. And that's going to change over time. There's going to be little tweaks and changes and adjustments that need to be made. And, um, and that's okay too. So, um, my journey has changed a lot over the past few years. I mean, heck we're doing our first, uh, podcast right now with, uh, no studio, no great cameras. Uh, it's just my computer and my, I'm back to the AirPods again, because we're sitting in this church that we just bought and moved in yesterday. And I don't know what the future is for that, but it's just exciting new things. And I said yes to the opportunity. I saw the vision. I'm really excited about it and see where we go with it. You know, we have, we have an opportunity to now have uh, 48 in-person meetups here this year um, at, at the church. So 48 in-person events that we can put on here. Um, that you mentioned flip packing live. It's so important to connect with people. I can do 12 single family RIAs, 12 multifamily RIA meetings, and then we can do a deep dive on each, um, afterwards. So our plan is to, I'll do a Thursday night, um, like a RIA meeting. And then the Tuesday after I'm going to dive deep for like three hours and do like in-depth training that people can come here and sit in the auditorium and we'll stream it out to the country. So, um, you know, we, I might have five people in the audience that I'm teaching to the camera at that event, but they're here and they get to ask the questions and interact and do those kind of things and, and see me at the breaks and talk about those things and just open up the opportunity to connect with more people. And I think that's what, you know, I wanted to get across from, from you and Flip Hacking Live is just that connection I think is really important um, because you, you're saying a lot of these opportunities are coming to you. They're from putting yourself out there and making those connections, going to events and, and meeting people. And it's been very nice to be back in person for me personally. And I'm not a people person. I'm not a, an extrovert where I want to be shaking hands all day, but it's, there's something about it that I really, really missed in connecting virtually for the past few years, just something that was missing even for me. So I know the extroverts are like going crazy and, um, 
and really happy to be back in person. So, um, Nick, I really appreciate you coming out and um, being on the podcast. I know we went a little longer than expected, but I just couldn't. Everything that we were talking about was so powerful. Um, I, I even have like ten things that I wrote down that we couldn't get to. What? What? I, uh, is there? How can people find out like more about you? Um, and and if they were like, man, this is this guy speak my language. How can they do that? Yeah, I appreciate that, man. It's been awesome having on it again. I. I could talk to you all day, man. I'm always in a good mood when I'm talking to you because you got good energy and it's always, we always, we always have great conversations. So I appreciate you giving me your time. Um, people want to find me, nicknicknick.com slash links is literally all of my social media and all the ways you can listen to my, the A-Game podcast. So, um, you know, all my social media is on there. All the ways you can listen to the podcast is on there. And uh, you can text me, 516-540-5733 because one of the, Things I did was tell people to go on social media, message me, and then I realized that I'm getting messages from all these different social media channels on three different emails. So I'm trying to tell everybody, just text me because if I tell everybody to text me, I'll make sure I get it and I won't miss it and then I won't feel bad. So shoot me a text. Uh, check me out on social media, nicknick.com slash links. Nicknicknick.com. That's that's cool. I like that. I was like, <laughs> BillAllen.com is taken. I'm either going to buy it from that person or I'm just going to go BillBillBill.com. I like that. Okay. <laughs> so now, now you gave me something to do right after this. So yeah. uh, Nick, I appreciate I, I agree. Um, I always enjoy talking with you and um, I'm always uh, taking notes, learning something. And I really appreciate your time and, and all the value that you've given to me and the whole community of having us on the podcast and, and all the uh, promotion that you've done for Flip Hacking Live and all the book and all the other events. I really do appreciate it. It means a lot to me. And, um, and so if you guys are listening to this, go to nicknicknick.com slash links or uh, text Nick. He just gave out his phone number, which is an insane thing to do. Um, but I hope his phone blows up with you guys and, um, and then come out to Flip Hacking Live, some of our meetups. I'm going to make, I'm going to drag Nick uh, out to one of our meetups here at the office uh, this year, whether it's like one of the commercial ones we do or the single family ones, I'd love to see you. I, I really would uh, love to see you over here. We're going to have a lot of networking and cool stuff. So you're ever in the Nashville area, please come. And then if you guys are out there and you want to check it out, go to f uh, 7fria.com, 7fria.com. You can uh, jump in and we're having a meeting in like a week. Our first one, January 27th, grand opening of the, the office. You can see the church. You can see everything that we've done. It's really cool. Um, I can't wait. So, all right, Nick, I really appreciate you being here. Thanks a lot. I'll uh, see you soon. Thanks for having me, man. It's been a blast. All right. Bye, everybody.